John Guar's Obie and Tony award-winning plays are celebrated for plots that seem so odd they could be true. In fact, it was a story he heard from friends that years later formed the kernel of his play, Six Degrees of Separation, in which a con man charms a couple into believing he is Sidney Poitier's son. But what Guar's plays are about cannot be found by following the twists and turns of plot. Rather, his dark comedies throw light on the inner reality of human desire. I spoke to John Guar during a rehearsal break of his newest play, Are You There, McPhee? The actor Paul Gross plays the lead, Edmund Gowery, or Mundy, a playwright in his 60s or early 70s who tells a tale about something that happened to him in his mid-30s. The play, it's about a playwright in Nantucket, the summer of 1975, being brought up there for reasons he doesn't quite understand. And uh, he meets a man carrying an enormous lobster that, a very old lobster, and the fishmonger at Glynn's Fish Market said, do you have a license for that? And they, this strange, this guy says, no. And he said, citizens, you can't, you have to have a license for that. We have to put it back in the sea. So the playwright who's been helping the guy control the lobster to weigh it, they grab the lobster and run away, and he follows the guy with the lobster. He said, listen, he said, let's just get rid of this lobster. Come to my house tonight and we'll eat it. And he goes to the house and he meets the, the guy. And there's another guy there. The guy with the lobster is not there. Other people live in the house. <laughs> anyway, that's what's, what happened. It's about a lobster. That's right. It's a play. I must. I can't think of any other plays about lobsters. This this might be the first play about a lobster. Mm-hmm. Yes. A very big old lobster. Very big lobster. Well, it takes place on Nantucket. Yes. What is it about Nantucket that made you decide to set the play there? Nantucket is a place for me where people go to change. I had first gone to Nantucket when I was in school in 19, I first went there in 1961 because I had no money and it was as far as I could get away from New York on $35 because it's 30 miles at sea, yet it was a long boat ride, a long ride to get up, bus ride to get there, a long boat ride, and I wanted to get far away and I did. and. My life changed in Nantucket, and uh, over the years it just had been, it's a place that represented extraordinary and important change in my life. And up there, it's a place where I wasn't alone, where other people came there to escape, to flee things, especially living there in the winter. I ultimately lived there in the winter, and we had a theater there, and I lived there in the winter, and uh, it's a place where people had come for all kinds of reasons, to get out of marriages, to drop out of school, to run away. 
This was before Nantucket had become hedge fund paradise with private jets running, you know, flying in and all, and Chanel boutiques on the main street. This was when it was a real faraway island, as they called it. And to me, Nantucket was always a place of uh, remarkable change. And uh, I met my wife there, and uh, in 1975, the, the play takes place. And uh, I've always loved that about Nantucket. I've loved the friends uh, that I've made there. Just it, It's just a place that somehow inadvertently became one of the key centers of my life. But I'm not alone in that and saying people going there to escape, to change, to find a new way of doing things. And that's why I set the play there. And it's the f fourth play I've written on Nantucket. About, set, uh, set, on, set on Nantucket. Set on yeah. Nantucket. Yeah. Um, and in 1975, maybe it was st it was still the place that that, as you said, not the hedge fund. Oh no, it was still seventy-five. It was still, it was a far. It was an island where it was cheap to live. Uh, property was cheap. Um, it was all very fluid. Everybody was very friendly with each other. Everybody's on a first name basis. Nobody's ever sure who anybody was because there was no last names. It was. It was. Oh, it was a party. I would come to New York City to get away from things, to, to quiet down, to have a restful time. To get away from Nantucket. To get away from because it was so active. <laughs> right. You get off the boat and they say, now you, listen, you can't go, you can't talk to her because she's split up with him and if you t see him, you have to choose between him or her and don't go there, but now we're having a party here tonight. And now she's with him, you know, and it was, uh, it was very intense and very funny and uh, very crazy and also very lackadaisical, very, uh, uh, full of charm, and it was all about outdoors. It was about sailing and and the sea and finding oysters and uh, dig, you know, and just fishing. And it was a wonderful. Yeah, I don't go there anymore because it's changed so much that I want to keep the Nantucket of 1975 from that 1960 to 75. That f that period. I was I was there in about 1979. With that. Uh, I want to keep that period in alive in my head. I like I like the Nantucket in my head. I don't. Yes, I, 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 the uh, the sudden chic of Nantucket I, I've, I've found alarming. I was reading just in an interview that was on the McCarter website that this was a play that pulled together like a magnet, lots of different pieces in your life. Yeah. I mean, it was just a situation. Mm -hmm. The situation of this young play, of this playwright in his 30s at a, at a time when he, it, it, you know, of uh, crisis in his life, as it were. A mid-30s crisis. What the hell am I going to do with my, my, my adolescence is over now. When you're 35. Yes, it was just that time. You say, what, you know, what's my life going to be? I mean, I'm... You know, I'm still unattached. I'm still living as the same way I was when I was 25. And uh, that eternal twilight of youth, uh, which is fun, it's nothing, but it's just a part where, uh, yeah. And so just many things, uh, that's, uh, this play suddenly pulled together all sorts of, all sorts of metal shavings of my life. And that's what you look for in a play, yes. It's, it's, so it's not, Yes, that's what you look for. 
So you've been working here almost like a playwright in residence here at the McCarter Theatre. You've been here during the rehearsal process. You've been involved sure, in the... Sure, rehearsals, are, that's a playwright's joy. That's, yes, that's the privilege. So, so what has it been like working here? First of all, I, I would say exactly what is rehearsal rooms with windows and natural light and no soul-draining fluorescence above that, uh, uh, you know, so many rehearsal rooms are a below sea level, <laughs> seem to be down, you know, below the subway level in New York or else, you know, sealed off from all life. And uh, it's just the most attractive theater to work in. And also the staff here is so supportive. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it was just everybody, the cast, we're all very, very well taken care of. Did you actually do any writing here? or was None it? of it. I've just done some writing right now. I've just come from you, yeah. Anybody can write a play, but it's the rewriting is the plays are, the proof of the pudding is, is in the rewriting. How much has the, the director um, been contributing to this? Oh, well, the wonderful thing about it is it's not what he's been contributing is, is that we're all contributing, is, is that the cast is showing me my play. What's been wonderful so far about this whole process, starting with casting, including the casting director, Laura Stanchek, uh, we've all been telling the same story. And that, believe it or not, is a rarity, where the director is really telling the same story that the playwright is telling. And uh, and the designer, another wonderful thing is that David Farley, the wonderful designer, is here in residence too with us. That's, that is so unusual to have the designer sitting in on all rehearsals, making adjustments in his set uh, to accommodate changes in blocking, changes in uh, what's happening in the scene, uh, possibilities, realizing things can be simplified or need more bolstering up of what it is. Yes, yeah, so it's all of us are here. We're, the director, me, our cast, the designer, we're all here discovering this entity now, the play. And my role as playwright is, is you watch the actors make it theirs, and so the more they make it theirs, the more I vanish. And uh, that's what you want to have happen. You want, I want me to be erased and have the play exist up there. As long as it's still your story. As long as it's still our story, that's right. Yes, it's awful when you're in a play with wrong actors and you say, they're not telling my story. Or the director is emphasizing different things in the play, giving different things importance than, than you had, than was your intention, which can happen. Uh, but Sam Buntrock is, uh, so far, in our third week of rehearsal, it's just been, is a playwright's dream, and I look for, I can say this, I look forward to working with him again. He is in his 30s, I believe, right? Yeah. Oddly, he's the age of the uh, young, of, of the playwright in The Young. It begins with this guy, old guy, remembering something when he was 30. So I'm the age of the old guy, and Sam is uh, the age that I was when the play took place. When he got the play, I didn't know him. He read the play cold and said, I have to do this. He said the dream words. He read this play and he said, I have to do this play because it is telling the story of my life as I am right now. Anything you would like to add? No, I just love this cast. I must say, Paul Gross, is, who has the lead, is e 
easily one of the most remarkable actors I have ever had the privilege of working with. He plays Mundy? Yes, and it's, uh, and uh, I mean, working with him is, I have the same feeling. I did working with Raul Julia and Two Gentlemen of Verona or Susie Kurtz in uh, House of Blue Leaves or Starker Channing in uh, Six Degrees where you just feel an actor as a soulmate, as a real kindred spirit. And I just uh, love, me. I did not know him before. And uh, and it's just, he's just a remarkable actor who's a, uh, had played Hamlet at the uh, Stratford uh, Shakespeare Festival in Canada, and uh, is an actor of such uh, integrity and so much fun and so interesting uh, that uh, he's been for me the, the great joy uh, of this production. As is the rest of our cast, I and mean, we just have a. Uh, We've just, it's, it's, thanks to the, the cachet of the McCarter, and it's not being that far from New York, we've just assembled the most wonderful cast. Uh, and uh, Sam Bundrock is, uh, is, I mean, he's a young, a young British director who is uh, happily is living here now, and uh, it's a very, very original, very, very original voice um, in, a, in a playwright's, Really, in a playwright's dream. I had first heard about him when he directed Steve Sondheim's uh, revival of Sunday in the Park with George, and Steve Sondheim was just thrilled with him. And he said, "Wait, till you meet this guy? It's just great." And uh, and I see why he was so excited about him. So uh, anyway, we're you know we're at that wonderful time where uh, everything looks possible, and we're perfectly happy. And, uh, and then, who knows, you get that mysterious thing happens in front of an audience and you say, uh, and it's like the Roman Colosseum, thumbs up or throw them to the lions. So are you very nervous or do you just, whatever? No, it's just the playwrights, it's, it, it's just my 50th year of undergoing this anxiety. It's just like addicted to the, uh, addicted to the, yeah, I mean, the anxiety just comes with the territory. You just can't let it wash over you or prevent you from moving on. John Guar's newest play, Are You There, McVie, will have its world premiere at the McCarter Theatre in Princeton on May 11th. Previews begin May 4th. Check the McCarter's website at mccarter.org for tickets and special pay-what-you-can performances. For more about all of the arts in New Jersey, visit jerseyarts.com. The Jersey Arts Podcast is made possible by the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, supporting excellence in public engagement in the arts since 1966. I'm Susan Walner for the Jersey Arts Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>